Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. Let's get Exodus chapter 3, uh, verse 1 to 4, and we're going to go here today. I just want to share uh, really quickly as we begin our series called Encounter. And that has been the word that has been resonating in my heart and my spirit over the last number of, uh, you know, um, weeks, actually. And, and as it was, we were approaching the fall, and I shared with the staff. And so over the next few weeks, we want to look at some of the encounters that people had with God. Encounters that I want to be, I want to say from the get-go, encounters that you can have. I really believe that. I, I want to say that from the outset. Because sometimes, you know, it's like you read the Bible and you think because of his history and obviously the places and the positions of these individuals, Moses, King David, you know, Paul the Apostle, Peter, you know, who walked with Jesus himself. You know, we, we have a, a, a tendency sometimes to read the scripture as if, well, that was them and we get like this secondary encounter. The reality is that's not the case. That in, 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 yes, they played a special and significant place in history, in, in, the, in the Bible, in the way of the church, the mandate, all that kind of stuff. But you understand that God sees you just like he sees them. And really, like I've said in the past, it's really about having this open heart that just says, God, I want to engage you, and God is drawn to that. And so I want to talk about some of the encounters. And the first one I want to start with today is Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. Now Moses was tending the flock of, of uh, his flock, sorry, of his father-in-law Jethro, the, in, uh, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. I want you to highlight that because that's important. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within the bush. And Moses saw that the bush was on fire, but it did not burn up. So Moses thought, well, I'll go over and I will see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up? And then when he got there, when the Lord saw him, and he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush, and he said, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here am I. I want you to highlight that. Here am I. Let's pray. I just want to invite the Lord to, to stir in our hearts. God, we just thank you for your word. And I, I, we've prayed for many, many weeks and months now that God, when we get to your word, just like we should when we come to worship as well, that God, we would have ears to hear what you're saying. That God, not my agenda or anybody else's agenda or opinion or bias would, would, would be, you know, in our minds, that God, we would just clear our hearts, clear our minds and come to you openly and that God, your word would speak and by your spirit, you would teach us today. God, you have a message for every one of us and I pray that we would hear you. So come now, Holy Spirit. Help us to hear and give us the courage to walk it out in obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, have you ever looked for somebody and uh, you, you, you know, you, you, you're saying, well, let's, let's say I'm looking for, like yesterday, hey, I'm looking for Craig. Do you know where Craig is? And, and usually someone's got a pat response because there are, all of us have patterns, right? We know where we're going to be at a certain point. You know, yesterday, you could have found me in the hardware store several times yesterday as we've been renovating, uh, you know, one of our bathrooms. And so I spent a lot of time at, you know, at Rona. Shout out to Rona because you probably saw me a thousand times yesterday. It felt like anyways. But, but you're 
you're, you know, you, you know where they are. I had a friend that I knew where he was on Thursdays at 3.30. He was generally, you know, at no frills grabbing his groceries at, three, you know, 3.30 in the afternoon. I had, some, I had a couple of guys from a former church that I knew that every, I think it was every Friday, actually every Thursday at like 2 o'clock, they would be at McDonald's having a coffee together. So I knew where I could find them. And so every once in a while, we're looking for somebody, and somebody says, well, try here. And they'll, they'll mention like this common place, this spot where they normally are. Try there first, because that's probably where they're at. Well, it's no different with Moses. That's exactly how it was. You know, this, this moment in time, you could always find, in fact, one scholar says that, this, that, that Mount Horeb, or the mountain of God, was actually a common place to find Moses, and it understandably so. It, the reason why was because significant moments happened for Moses in this particular mountainous region. And, and just for, again, because some of you will say, I'll share a little bit later on, but, but Mount Horeb was also known as Mount Sinai. One was known as the region, many believe, and the other one believes that the actual mountaintop experience was Mount Sinai, but Horeb was the, was the region of mountains that they were on. And you can find them there because this, I mean, look at this moment. Can you imagine walking along and you've got your, you know, you've got your flock of sheep. I don't know how many of us can relate to, you know, walking around with a flock of sheep. But anyways, if you can, that's awesome. If you can't, just pretend you've got a bunch of children and you're walking through the mall or something. I don't know. But, but you're tending your sheep and all of a sudden this bush is on fire and this voice comes out and it's God. And this is really your, your biggest, your major encounter with God. And it started there and it continued. It was later on that this is where Moses got, you know, the Ten Commandments commandments and the law and, and a lot of engagement and significant moments in Moses' life happens on this mountaintop. And those very, those last three words, you know, here am I, tends to be a common thing for him. It's like, I wonder if he went back and maybe it was just for nostalgia or maybe he went back because he's like, hey, listen, I just want to have that encounter with you, God, here Am I? And don't get me wrong, many of you know that if you've been a part of community for, you know, the last number of years, you know my heart, you can encounter God anywhere. But all of us have moments or, or places where we're like, this is my spot. You know, if you, if you ever watched the movie War Room, right? Like, she had her closet, and that was her place where she called on and met with God in intercession and prayer. And so a lot of crazy things happening for, for Moses, and this was his common place. And I get it. I get it. And when I read that, that it was this commonplace, something grabbed me in my heart and my spirit. And you probably say, well, why? What is it about this moment? It's like this. It's like if you knew Moses in this moment, especially the first encounter, because he debated with God about being called to be this leader of Israel. He, he just said, God, I'm not equipped. I don't have the skill set. And then you fast forward and you see the leader that Moses became and, and, and how famous he was and, 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 and revered. You know, it's not the same individual. And, and it's not hard to convince people that, yes, if you get into the presence of God, you would be changed and transformed too. But that's my point. 
is that when you see the development in Moses' life and you see the development in his heart, there's an inner work that was going on. I mean, think about what Jesus said in, in the New Testament. He's like, listen, it's out of the, the heart that the mouth speaks. Like, what happens in the way of actions and attitude and whatever is a result of what's going on on the inside. And so, let's go back to Moses. And all of a sudden, Moses is, you know, standing there and he's never had this encounter with God before. You know, he's murdered somebody. He's fled Egypt and all this kind of stuff. He's with his father-in-law, and, and he was a part of, you know, Pharaoh's family, and let, he let it all go. And, and so here he is just tending the flock, and, and now he's being called to have this incredible, significant role in God. And he's standing there, and he's talking to this burning bush, and this voice is talking to him. And he starts to debate with God, like, I can't lead this nation. And yet God had something for him. And I have to believe that if I take the words of Jesus that out of the heart the mouth speaks, and that God's priority in our lives is transformation, I have to believe that one of the avenues is these encounters with God that Moses had, which was commonplace. That there had to be a deep inner work Something going on that's, that's deeper than we realize. And that's really where my prayer is. You know, often when I think about encounters with God, when I talk about it, I think some people just see the emotional side of things, which I don't apologize for. I don't know what relationship you have that's unemotional other than with your bank or, you know, whatever. If it's a relationship, there's emotion involved. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with expressing emotion. In fact, I would encourage all of us to express that emotion. There's a reason why the scripture talks about different poses of worship, whether it's lifting your hands or clapping or singing, you know, or, or speaking words unto the Lord and, and, and just loving on him that in the same way that he loves on us. There's nothing wrong with emotion, but what I'm talking about is deeper than that. That just like Moses and just like everyone and all of humanity, man, the brokenness inside of us is deep. Sometimes we don't even realize how deep it really goes. And in order for that to be changed, deep brokenness requires a deep experience in touching God. It requires going beyond the surface, which, you know, we talked about this in this past, at the beginning of the year, we talked about being deep-rooted and, and anchoring ourselves to, that, to the solid ground and, and, bury, and getting past the surface. Here we are in the fall, and I'm asking you the exact same thing. And you know what's interesting is, is, is that when you look, going back to the names of the regions, this is what caught me, you know, about the deep transformation. You know, it's interesting, the word uh, Horeb actually means wasteland. And yet in the middle of the wasteland, in the middle of nothing, Moses encountered God. And what's interesting about the term Sinai is actually the word refers to the, it's the shining. That in the wasteland, God began to shine. And my question that I asked myself as I was thinking about this, if someone was looking for me, where would they find me? What's the commonplace place 
Where's the pattern of my life? Where would they point to? And I'm not talking about physical right now. I'm talking about spiritually. I'm talking about in my faith journey, where would someone find me? They knew where to find Moses. If you want to find Moses, the commonplace is he's probably in the, on the mountain of God. He's probably in the presence of God. And that's my prayer. That's my prayer for everybody here today. That's my prayer for everyone that's online today. My prayer is that you and I would be found in the presence of God, that God would do a deep inner work and he would take us from the wasteland. And you might be saying, well, PC, I don't consider my faith in a place of wasteland. I get that. But what I'm talking about is spiritually the brokenness, the depth of that, and beginning to allow God's presence to come in and begin to shape and transform us. And in the same way, and not just Moses, how many others throughout the scripture had an encounter with God that left them so different when they walked out. And that's what I want. I want wholeness. My prayer, I, I was writing it down. I, I grabbed my, my heart this week as I was sitting in my office. My prayer is, is, that, is that when we come, we would, we, I, can I read this? Because I, I don't want to mess it up. Like normally I would just rhyme it off, but you know, come meet with this God. Like when, 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 when we meet, that whether it's in your word, I pray that you would speak, that I would hear your voice, that it wouldn't just be, uh, you know, my five-minute version devotional, nothing wrong with that, and I encourage you to be a part of that. It's awesome. But what I'm saying is it's more than just reading. But God, when I read your word, I want you to come. I want you to shine on the barrenness of my life at times or the wasteland or my brokenness or my struggle. Or maybe I'm going, maybe life is going well, but I just want to meet with you. We talked about that last week, the other side of Jesus. He welcomes you when you bring your list, but man, he wants you to come when you don't have a list. Because he wants you to know that you are a friend. He wants you to know that you are family. But as I worship, I would feel you near. Man, I can't, you know, how many times, actually it was a few weeks ago, we were rehearsing one night, and uh, for, for a Sunday morning, I don't even remember what we were doing, but I just remember just taking like the last 20 minutes, and I just said, you know, to Hillary and, and to Rebecca and whoever else was here that night, and I said, can we, just, can we just worship for a little bit? Can we just get beyond the playing? Can we get beyond the, you know, getting down the intro, the outro, the transitions, the dynamics? Can we just worship Jesus for a few moments? Man, the presence of God just hit this place. I remember, you know, back a few months ago when we were here in the, audit, or in the gym, actually, uh, outside of the coffee area there, and we were doing a live stream, you know, uh, you know, on Facebook for a prayer night, and I know it was choppy online, but, but man, in the house, like, there was something going on. We had just recorded the service that, that afternoon or late, that early evening, and then we stuck around, and before we even got to going to prayer, you can sense the presence presence of God so strong inside this place. I want you to have it. We need to have it. We need to have that kind of move. We need to have that kind of encounter because those kinds of encounters is what God uses to transform our lives. There's something about that that brings everything into uh, to, to our perspective when we're in the presence of God like that, which we'll talk about in a second. 
but I want to be aware. When I pray, I want to hear your voice. When I meditate and be still, I want to be overwhelmed by who you are. And this is my prayer, and this is my main thought. If God, God, if, if people like Paul, Abraham, Moses, David, Isaiah, Peter, if they all can have this encounter with you, my prayer for us as a family is that I would experience the same. Because here's the thing, I don't want my faith journey, I don't want your faith journey to just be satisfactory when I know that the extraordinary is available. Why would I want anything but? And man, if you've ever experienced a mountaintop experience, you know what I'm talking about. I thought it was interesting that where God met Moses for the first time was on a mountain. You know, while we were on holidays, not, I wouldn't consider this a mountain. I was going to use a different illustration about flying over the Rocky Mountains a couple years ago when we were on our way to Victoria, B.C. for a conference, and I'd never seen it. It was crazy. Like, it was just, um, from that distance, they looked huge, and, and there was just something special about it. But I'll use something that's a little more close to home, and I'm, while I'm doing this, I'm going to ask you to come back. And, uh, and, and so we went to the grotto. I don't know if you guys know where the grotto is, but it's on the northern uh, Bruce Peninsula, and it's on your way up to Tobamori. And so we had decided, because we had heard from so many people, uh, to check this place out. And, and the grotto is this, this area uh, along the shoreline, and there's nothing but, you know, like, it, it, I, the water is like green, like that bluish green, like you'd see somewhere in like, you know, the Bahamas, but it's not the Bahamas, that's for sure. You know, we're, we're in Canada, and, and, and so we, we went, and here we were, you know, as a family, uh, you know, walking, you got a four-hour stint to walk in. And, and we walk in, and you can swim if you want. It was a little chilly. The girls got in. And I'm just amazed. And you know what? I remember this specifically, because every time I took a picture, because I, I just finally, you know, buckled down and got a new phone with an upgraded camera, and I thought, okay, I'll get some really good shots. I was really ticked off because my pictures still didn't paint what my natural eye was seeing. And if you know the grotto, there are elevations that you can climb on trails. And so we walked up these trails, and, and, and every time you got to another location, you're looking down, and you might be 30, 40, 50 feet up, and, you're, and it just gets better and better and better. And you didn't want to leave. You had this four-hour window and you didn't want to leave. It was majestic. And I'm, I'm going to tell you this, and I think most of us would know this, but, but maybe you don't know this, and for whatever reason, maybe it's how you were brought up, maybe it's the culture that you've been a part of. Maybe it's your conservative nature. It's okay. But can I just tell you that when you have done what the Word of God says, when you have tasted and seen, not just seen, but tasted, when you have experienced the goodness of God, when you have experienced the presence of God, and I look back over my years, that's what God's been reminding me over the last number of months, in the last few weeks especially. Those times, man, where 
around the front of a stage, an altar, just experiencing the presence of God, being in my car, being so overwhelmed, the tears are streaming down my face. Words cannot describe what, have I, what I've experienced, and I'm not, that's not the goal. I just want to be clear about that. If I had to be quite honest with you, any time that I enter into a time of worship or getting into the presence of God, I don't come with an agenda. He determines the agenda. I just respond. And there are times where the thought, like Friday, Friday, I, I came in just for literally for 45 minutes to put the finishing touches on my message. And I started to play this song. Corey Voss. I think it's tiled more than anything. Man, I had to crank it because no one was in the office. It was awesome. And I started singing so loud and I felt the presence of God fill that room so deeply that I started singing so loud that I started to lose my voice. I was worried that I was going to come in here this morning and barely have a voice. Why? You might say, well, PC, yeah, you're excited. Yeah, I was. Because I have no doubt that Jesus walked into the room. And when he walks into the room, as that song goes, everything changes. And I look at the encounters that these guys had just like a mountaintop experience, awe and wonder when you're on a mountain peak, you, you begin to just, it, there's no words to really describe what you sense and experience. The same thing in the presence of God. When you're on a mountaintop, you, you have moments where your perspective really does change because everything becomes smaller. Man, I'm going to tell you something. When you're facing life and you have a common, your common pattern is, into, is to be in the presence of God. I promise you, you are perspective because you're in the presence just like on that mountaintop. Your perspective changes and what seems so big from his vantage point is so small and it shifts you from fearing something to having faith for something. Why? Because you're in the presence and you're viewing things from his perspective, not your own. Direction. You know, sometimes when you get lost, you know, sometimes getting on that mountaintop and you begin to look down, you can see where you need to go. What about solitude? There's something really cool about being up on that that level, that ledge where it's just calm and quiet and there's that moment where you can just, all the chaos just kind of, and I want to tell you something man, if there was ever a season that we need to have an encounter with God in this chaotic, crazy, anxious filled world, I'm not I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat it you know what I'm talking about and yet we know the one who holds the future, why are we anxious seriously he holds the future. He's not surprised. You hear that whisper in his heart, and I'll end with this. And I'll probably touch on this a little bit more in the coming weeks. A couple of Wednesday nights ago, the first Wednesday night that we had campfire, coffee, and combos. If you think that's a shameless plug, yes, it is. Should be there. It's awesome. 
we just began to pray. And I just, I started sitting there. And all of a sudden, I just felt like the Lord, because I've been in this headspace about encounters with God. Because I want that. I, I, I want the awe and wonder. God, I, I want... I want my perspective to change. I want, I want to hear your voice. I want direction. I want leading. I want guiding. I just, I don't want the satisfactory when I know the extraordinary exists. I want to hear your voice, whether it's audible or in my heart or in my spirit. I want to walk with deeper confidence and assurance. The presence of God, it's transformational. It's not the only avenue. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at all of these adults that are there. And we were praying for our students. And God just reminded me of something. The importance as adults, parents, singles, whatever, young adults, seniors. Do you know that we often set the tone for the next generation? It's true. 15 years when I did student ministry that was one of my biggest challenges was getting parents to model what they hope for their children and I didn't back down and I didn't let my students get robbed either because if their parent wasn't you know and I didn't obviously point out their parent but but I would say to my students listen I know that they should be modeling for you what you what they're hoping for you and some of them are and some of them are not and I didn't use any names but I'm telling you don't you wait you keep pressing in ignore anybody who says anything about your age ignore anybody who says anything about you know emotional and all that kind of stuff all of that stuff will come into play because it's partly emotional part of it's practical some of it's just reading some of it is praying some of it's, you know, discipleship. It's all mixed in together. We're going to get there. But don't you dare let anybody, in fact, even here today in the auditorium, I can see one of my former students, so she already knows what I'm talking about, you know, and, and, I, and, and she knows my heart. How many times did I stand there going, come on, let's get into the presence of God. Let's be leaders, not followers. And I was reminded of something. Exodus 33, Moses went into the tabernacle, the tent of meeting. And every time he did, the presence of God would fall. And Exodus 33, verse 11 says that when Moses was in the presence of God, Joshua, his young aide, stood and would not leave the tent of meeting. He didn't want to go. Can I just say this in the most gracious way to all of my church family, to all of our adults, and I'm not suggesting you are, you're not, but the prompting in my spirit and what led us to that time of prayer that Wednesday night was that we need to lead because what we model for the next generation, when they see hunger, when they see passion, when they see us drawing, if they can see that one of the most common places for us to be found is in the presence of God, they are going to watch with anticipation and it's going to have an impact and I believe it's going to raise up a bunch of Joshua's and that's what led us in our prayer time that night. We began to pray for the next generation of leaders for Community Church that 20 years from now, 
30 years from now, 40 years from now, should the Lord not return at that point, that there would be strong, young, strong, passionate, young women, men of God that will lead in their generation. And I begin to speak that prophetically. And I speak that prophetically now. I may not see it all the time, but I see bits and pieces. And I can see the stirring. And I know that God is saying that the avenue, one of the avenues, is through encounter with Him. And we've got to lead the way. Joshua's are standing at the door, and they're looking at us. What do they see? Where do they see us at? Oh, man. I want my kids to see me in the presence of God. I'm not perfect, that's for sure. I mess up all the time. But it's my, my responsibility. In fact, there's, oh man, I know I'm gone way past it. Man, I am so sorry. And yet I'm not sorry. But you know that there was a generation the judges said did not know the Lord or all of his works. An entire generation. Why? Because the generation before them didn't do what the scripture called them to do. Was to love your Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And whether, and I'm paraphrasing here, whether your children are coming or going, sitting down, sleeping, that you would write it on their hearts, that you would speak it and pour it into. And trust me, I get it. It doesn't always get received in the moment, but that's God's area. That's his responsibility. We can only do what we're called to do. So I hope you hear my heart today. This is not a word in any way, shape, or form to condemn, but this is to stir. I'm challenging you, church, whether you're in your home or you're in person here, whether it's Monday night or Friday morning or Wednesday, doesn't matter to me. Man, just press into the presence of God. Don't make it a show. Just get there. Everyone that's here with me, would you stand? Because if I, I'll just. Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.